Listen, uh, as you're making your way back to your seat, I almost had Bill um, come say this to all of you all, um, and, but he'll do that for the second service. He will do this for the second service. I'm pointing to him now. You better do this. This is what I want you to do. Turn to the person who's next to you, and I want you to share with them, or the person in front or behind you, whoever you can talk to, I want you to share with them what your least favorite Christmas song is of all time. Some of you know exactly what that is. You take, take 30 seconds, share what your least favorite Christmas song is of all time. All right. Okay, uh, what, let, let's talk, let's talk, okay. All right, a little too much enthusiasm, enthusiasm, too much, too much. Okay. Well, all right. Anybody have a doozy that they heard? What did you share? What's what's like one of the worst out there in the back? Santa baby. Santa baby. Okay. So uh, so a few weeks, uh, actually last week, while all of our family was in our minivan, we can still fit our family in our minivan um, with with, uh, with others. We, we had it packed with eight, and I asked everybody, what's your least favorite Christmas song? And that right there is, um, survey says, number one for my son, Silas Corrine, he hates that song, Santa Baby. Anyone else have a song that they absolutely just, just, just yeah, what'd you say? What's that? Who's that up on the roof? I've never heard that song. I'm going to go home and listen to it now. See if I like it. <laughs> yeah, I've never, never heard that. Yeah. But do you have a least favorite song? Uh-oh. What is it? Bring me figgy pudding? Bring us some figgy pudding. Bring us some figgy pudding. It keeps going over and over again, right? Uh, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Yeah, that's right. Well, there are, there are a number of them. Um, you know, my wife, if you, if you want to be on her bad side, you just go up and start pulling on a full Jackson 5. Uh, I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus. She hates that song. Um, my son, he hates the song Baby It's Cold Outside for ethical reasons. Um, they're all like my, probably my least one. Well, I'm not, I'll, I'll save that for later next week. But anyway, uh, you know what was funny is, um, for, for the next two Sundays, uh, today and, and next week and then also Christmas Eve, I want to take some time and look at some of the more meaningful Christmas songs. Um, so like, all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. They didn't make the cut. Um, not on the list. But one that almost made the cut. Do we have a Connor Little in here? Where's Connor? Where's Connor? There he is right there. Do you know Connor? He's up here. He's Connor Little is on the drums. He is our little drummer boy. Yeah. Like, that's a dad joke, and I made that up all on my own this week. Yeah. Um, what I want to do is I want to take a look at some of our Christmas carols a little more deeply, because every year our society, it becomes more and more unaware of its um, historical roots. And, and many of them are based on the Christian faith. And yet every year, 
Every year at Christmas time, I mean, even starting if you want to go to Thanksgiving or even earlier, what happens is these basic truths of our historical roots, of our truths of Christianity, um, they become a little bit more accessible to an enormous audience. Just, just, uh, I mean, it's an enormous audience. It's a time when people go to parties, they go to concerts and, and gatherings. And the essentials of the Christian faith just rise up all around people, sort of unaware, and it's unexpectedly visible, like at, for, for points of time. And it happens, it happens in cars, happens in kitchens, and in dentist office, and malls, and even elevators, and grocery stores. But we are Christmas carols. We hear them all around us. I mean, it's the time where you, you turn your radio to that Christmas, you know, music station and all of that. And many people, they, they tend to they tend to miss the meaning of Christmas. But I, I would dare say that we, we miss the meaning of the carols we sing because we're just so used to them. And we sang a couple today, um, you know, joy to the world. We, you know, maybe you can think back about that. Um, but see what these carols are doing is just simply they're telling the story of Jesus. That's what they're doing. And, and one of the greatest is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I, I would say it's one of the greatest, if it's not the greatest, the greatest of the carols. Um, this was written by Charles Wesley in 1739. This is 284 years old this year. And I would just tell you, I think that this carol is somewhat of a, of a masterpiece. Because if you listen to what it says, it's asking a number of questions. And just let me just briefly say, so it's asking, like, who is Jesus? Well, it says Jesus is the everlasting Lord who from the highest heaven above, he comes down to be the offspring of the virgin's womb. Well, well, what did he come to do? Well, his mission is to see God and sinners reconciled. Well, how did he accomplish it? Well, it says mild he laid his glory by. Born that man no more may die. Well, how can this be ours through the work of God that is so radical? It's called the second birth. And see, this summary, this this song, it just takes all of the Christian teaching and it puts it in a song that we can sing. We can remember it. You did not know this, but when you if you know that, how many of you think, you know, um, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, you might know that by heart. How many of you think you know that by heart? See, you did not realize this, that you know like some really deep theology if you understand this song. And it's a summary of Christian teaching and hundreds of millions of people will hear this song this month. Maybe that many people will sing it as well. What I'd like to do is I'd like to walk with you through this song. Um, I want to highlight the scriptures that the lyrics are based on. I want to kind of unpack it for you. We're going to take some time and unpack it and then, and then we'll sort of repackage it back up and, and give it to us in, in a way that we can carry it away with a handle and just go on out. We'll, we'll have it. It'll, hopefully it'll be helpful. I have never done a sermon like this before. I've never heard anybody do a sermon like this before. This could be an absolute disaster today. And you are all here to see it um, happen. But I doubt that it's going to be a disaster, hopefully, because uh, there's so much scripture involved in what we're going to look at today. One of the things God promises, which is really great, is that the word of God will not return um, without taking its effect. 
It'll always have its intended um, consequences, intended effect. It won't return void is what the scripture says. So um, I've never done this before, but we're going to take a look at Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Sing Glory to the Newborn King, Peace on Earth, and Mercy and Mild God and Sinners Reconciled. Uh, one of the, uh, the gifts that a poet has is the ability to pack meaning into just a few words that would take like a normal person several sentences to explain. And that's exactly what happens in the very beginning. Uh, just look at the first line. Hark. How many use the word hark this week? Hark? Hark? Any harkers? No? Okay, so hark. Uh, just simply listen attentively. Pay attention. That's what hark means. Uh, the next word is uh, herald. Herald. We don't use that word. Either. A herald is a royal messenger who represents the king. And in this king, in this case, it's, it's an angel. So, hark the herald angels sing. That's saying, pay attention because a royal messenger from the king is about to deliver a message. And it's just in just a couple of words. And what's his message? You need to give glory to the newborn king. And, and that leaves us like, well, what, what, what is this about? And what it is is a summary of Luke chapter 2. And, and Ryan read this, this message, so I have it here in my notes, and I'm just not going to read it now because Ryan did it. Um, actually, I will read part of it. But I want you to listen because there's something interesting going on. Just, just, just listen. It's not up here. You're just going to have to listen like you did with Ryan. Um, but, but let me read this and, and let me show you that there's something interesting happening with, within this whole thing. It says, it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house, the lineage of, of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who it was with child. That's the whole backstory, how you get to this point. And so it was, while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him up in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. There is... For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And, and this will be the sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he's pleased. The angels... The one angel then surrounded by the host of angels that says that they were praising and they were saying glory to God. So let me just ask you a quick question. Um, who are the angels praising? Are they praising God the Father who in his infinite wisdom, he carried out his will, sending his son to earth to be born of a virgin? Because when we think of God, we think generically, right? Glory to God. 
But we don't think, is he, is he praising the Father or, or are the angels, are they praising Jesus, the Son of God, sitting right there in the manger? They're praising God right there. Jesus, who was willing to come live life next to his creation, lay down his life so that all who believe in him, all who receive him, they will be saved from their sins. Are they praising Jesus? My, my opinion is that the angels, they have a good picture of who God is, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And I think they're praising God as Trinity and, and the Holy Spirit who overshadowed Mary, caused her to conceive as part of this whole plan. And if there was ever a time for every angel in heaven to show up and Blast their praise and giving Him glory. This is the time and this is exactly what they do. And the shepherds, they get to see this. And they get to see that Jesus is now on mission. And His mission is all about reconciliation. God and sinners reconciled. Psalm 32 says, How blessed is the man whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. That means... Blessed is the one who God doesn't say you've messed up badly and because of it you're being judged. That's what it means. See, this is our fundamental problem in life. Our sin is killing us slowly. For some of us, it's killing us faster than others. But it separates us from God. It condemns us to hell. And if you die with sin on your ledger, hell is your new home. This is, this is just the fundamental truth that, that Jesus taught. And the gospel message is this, that Jesus came to atone for this sin, to die in our place, to restore our relationship with God. And if we trust in Jesus, we will be fully reconciled with God. We're reconciled. God and sinners reconciled. Ephesians 2 says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ to be reconciled, to be brought back near. There was a time when when Adam and Eve, they were near God. God walked with them in the cool of the day. There are a few people historically, you see Enoch, it says that he walked with God and God took him away. This idea of being brought near, it's only brought near by the blood of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 says, Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ, reconciling the word to him, world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And He has committed to us the word of reconciliation. We have this reconciliation, this, this message of reconciliation. And, and in the song... It goes on and it says, Joyful all you nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With the angelic host proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. And it rhymes and it sounds great. But what this first stanza of the carol is trying to get you to do, what Wesley wrote into the carol, is he's trying to get us to join in. Join in and, and tell people. Tell people about Jesus. Out of joy. Every people, all people in every nation, all tribes, every tongue, they're commanded to join the angels in proclaiming that the Savior, the Anointed One, the Christ, He's born in Bethlehem. Just as the prophet Micah 
prophesied years and years before. You see, so here's the thing. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have what's called a ministry of reconciliation that God has given you. He has called you to take this message to other people who don't know about Jesus. And sometimes what happens, we get caught up thinking about this and, and uh, oh, I just, it, it, this is hard. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to start that conversation. I don't know what I'm going to say to somebody else. And, and what the issue is here is that we actually get to do the same thing that the angels did. Just simply tell people about Jesus. That's what he's saying. We get to go tell people about Jesus. You know, last week, uh, one of our members, uh, long-standing members, I think maybe the longest person to have been to be a member here at Grace Point Church, um, Louise, Louise Robinson, she gave me a call. She was in the hospital. She had um, double pneumonia. And so what do you do when you have double pneumonia and you're coughing up a storm? Oh, you call the pastor. Um, and, and so she wants to talk to me. And I'm like, okay, Louise, and we start talking, and she says, you know, I listened to last week's sermon, which is good, because she was in the hospital. How many of you guys do that? She, she watches it, and she said at the end, you challenged people, you said we should, we should talk to somebody about Jesus, which is what I challenged all of you to do. And she says, so I thought, well, I guess I better do that. And so she said, I'm going to talk to people about Jesus. So the nurses and the doctors and everybody that came into her bedside, she says, hey, I need to talk with you. And she talks to them about who Jesus Christ is. But there was one person specifically. She said, I want you to pray for her because I talked with her about who Jesus is. And I I told her, I asked her, I said, do you want to receive Jesus Christ into your life to be saved from your sins? And she says, I'm going to think about it. Then I've got to go and do the rest of my rounds, but I'm going to come back and I'll check on you. When I come back to check on you, I'll let you know what I think. And so we said, okay, all right, great. And she says, I don't even know if she's going to come back or not, you know. And so, so we're like, okay, so we prayed. I prayed with her on the phone. Two hours later, Louise calls me back and she says, we have another person we get to spend in heaven with. This woman decided to to like receive and and she says i want to pray and ask god to come into my life to to ask jesus to forgive me of my sins i I, i'm just like this is amazing and and i'm like well hey i've got i've got some bibles and she says no we're getting her a bible don't you get in the way (laughs) she gave her a bible i mean i don't know i would love what would be the greatest blessing is if she like came today you know uh, that would be wonderful but listen you don't have to be an angel To proclaim what Jesus' birth means. You you don't. You've got a ministry of reconciliation. You just just have to be you. You just have to talk in your own. You just have to trust that the Spirit of God is going to do the work in you. And I know sometimes, this last week, I was at Gary's You Pull It, and I'm trying to talk with this guy as we're doing parts, and I'm like, how do I bring something up? And it just didn't happen, and I understand how that goes. But you, you want to be thinking about it and say, hey, well, let's, let's just talk about this. But you be faithful. You tell people who Jesus is, why they need Him. But this is what the summary of the whole first stanza is. Proclaim. Just do what the angels did. You need to talk about who Jesus is. Well, then the, the, the song goes on and it's like, well, the question, well, what should we tell them? This is what the song says. The second stanza calls our attention to a number of different prophecies in the Old Testament and, and that God would become man and that the doctrine of incarnation and all this. You're thinking, I have to tell them that? No, Wesley gives us four basic snapshots about Jesus. First thing, Jesus is God. That's what he's saying. 
Secondly, He's born of the Virgin Mary. Thirdly, He's fully God and He's fully man. He's, he's known as the God-man. And fourthly, He's come to dwell with us. He's come to dwell, uh, to, to be with us. The lyric says, Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. That, that's, a, that's a stumbling word for us, I think. That word Lord. I don't think that we think it means what it really means. We just say it. It's, a, it's just a term for us. But I don't think we really understand it because what it means is master. It means the one whom you have given all your allegiance to. It's the one whom you've said, I'm just going to follow whatever you say. I'm going to obey you, your Lord. The Bible speaks of God being the Lord over 7,000 times. It means that we submit to his authority. We submit to his leadership. The angels adore him. He is Lord. He's obviously their, their master. But he, they see him in all of his glory and they delight in the fact that he is Lord. They, they, they relish, they revel in it. They, they love this. And they adore Him. It it says, uh, Galatians 4, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, that right at the right time, you have Jesus Christ coming, showing up at the exact right time. Hebrews 1 says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, He has in these last days spoken to us by His Son. That's how He's spoken to us. You want to know who God is and what He says? You just look to Jesus. Whom He's appointed heir of all things through whom also He made the worlds. Jesus Christ is the one who made everything that you can see. Everything that you understand. See with a microscope, see with a telescope. Jesus did it. This is who we are talking about. Matthew 1 says, So so all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin is pregnant and will bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. The virgin is pregnant. It's, it's gone beyond the laws of nature. God did a miracle, not just the miraculous, but God himself is the one that is being born. And that's why his name is Emmanuel, God with us. He's come to dwell with us. In the song it says, Veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. He, Hebrews 10 talks about that. It talks about his veil, that is his flesh. This is where he gets the, the, the passage from, Hebrews 10. But in Colossians 2.9 it says, For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Everything about who God is, you look to Jesus Christ. And, and that's what you, that's what you get. You get, you get the fullness of God in bodily form. Fully God, fully man. This is who Jesus is. He's not just a great prophet, not just somebody who was born, not just a, a special man. He's God in flesh. He is the incarnate deity. And pleased with us in flesh to dwell, Jesus Our Emmanuel, um, John writes, he says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. You know, the word was with God. The word was God. And yet the word becomes flesh and dwells among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. 
See, the, the reason why we praise God, the reason why we give Him glory, is because Jesus is God. Born of the Virgin Mary, He's fully God, fully man, come to dwell with us, come to be with us. This is what the second stanza reminds us. It's not that there's a God far away. It's that He's come near. He understands our problems. He understands our weaknesses. So when you turn to Him, it's not as though God doesn't understand. He totally does. And that's why we should turn to Him. Well, the third stanza goes on and it answers the question. And here's the question. Why why was Jesus born? What is it that Jesus is offering us? And this is the, the third stanza where he starts off, Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. You've you got both peace and righteousness. The idea of righteousness, you could also translate that as, as justice. In some translations, you could do that. And Isaiah 9, 6, this is a typical kind of a Christmas passage, but it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And so here you have, at Jesus' birth, God offers us his son. He's giving him to us. To all who trust in him, he offers both justice and peace. Anybody who trusts in Jesus Christ, he's offering to say, I will give you both justice and peace. And it is the only justice that you will find where you aren't judged as guilty and condemned. You will not find any kind of justice any other way. Every other justice that you're going to find, you're going to be judged as guilty and condemned. And see, if God were to bring justice on the earth today, just bring it like right now, um, there would be no one left. There there would be no one alive. Everybody would be condemned. That's the kind of peace that you would have. No more people. That would be peaceful, right? No more people. That would bring peace. But that's a totally different kind of uh, justice and peace. That is a justice and peace without reconciliation. But see, God offers a reconciliation. The kind of peace that we would get if if God brought justice today, everybody would be gone, uh, we would all be in hell. It's only through Jesus Christ's payment for our sin on the cross that we could have both justice and peace at the same time. It's only through Christ. And not just that, but light and life He brings. Risen with healing in His wings. Who doesn't need this? Who doesn't need healing? Who doesn't need God's light in your life? Malachi 4.2 says, But to you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in His wings. You fear God. You understand who He is. You turn to Him. You honor Him. You, you come humbly to Him. And what He says is the Son of Righteousness will arise with healing in His wings. It's like He, he, he brings His wing out and He says, Come here. And he just brings you right in under. And he's going to just collect you in, as one of his own. That, that's the idea. Why was Jesus born? Isaiah says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. 
Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death upon them, light has shined. You know, Jesus spoke. He said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Why was Jesus born? Though he existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking on the form of a slave, by looking like other men and by sharing in human nature. Hebrews two fourteen and 15, one of my new just favorite passages says, therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he likewise shared in their humanity so that through death. He could destroy the one who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and set free those who were held in slavery all their lives by their fear of death. He offers freedom. He offers resurrection life, resurrection to eternal life. He was born to raise us from the earth. Born to give us second birth. That's the second birth that is becoming a follower of Christ, a Christian being born again, but also a resurrected life. That you're not stuck down here in in all that you're living. And there is eternal life that he offers. John 3, 3, Jesus said this. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So how do you become a child of God? How do you become a child of God, have your relationship with God restored to what it should be? Well, you have to ask. You have to ask. You have to come to Him and you ask. It's it's not, look at my performance, look at my record, look at how I'm doing. I'm hoping I could live up to you. It's not that. It's you come to Him and you ask. Jesus says when you approach God with a humble and trusting heart, you ask. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Do you want to be free from your sin? Do you want to be saved from the judgment that you know is due to you? Do you want God to do something miraculous in your life so that what you know you deserve won't fall upon you? Because we all know what we deserve. We just try not to think about it very often because it's just too convicting. If you want to be freed from your sin, saved from the judgment that is due you, you have to come to Him. You ask. You come and you, you seek Him. You, you repent of trusting other things. You repent of, of trusting yourself and thinking about all that you can do. And if I could just find my own way. He says, no, you repent of that and you turn to, to Him. John 1.12 says, but to all who have received Him, those who believe in His name, He has given the right to become God's children. So, so today, I, I speak to all of you, many of you who you have been Christians, you are followers of Christ, you have been doing this for a long time. Some of you are rather new to this, though. One of the things I try to say and remind you is that we're here as a church to help you follow Jesus, to help you take your next step and wherever you are in your spiritual journey. And, and some of you, you may not even be a Christian, but I want you to know something. The only solution that can make God and sinners reconciled is the death of Jesus Christ and not just his death, 
his resurrection from the dead. Lots of people have died saying, I've died for a cause, I've died for somebody else. But see, when Jesus Christ rose from the grave, what that means is that death could not hold him. That he surpassed, he overcame the power of death. Death is not greater than him, he is greater than death. Not only that, everyone who ever sins, everyone who sins will die. But Jesus Christ never sinned. And yet He did die. He died on your behalf and on my behalf. All the sins of the world came upon Him. And He says, if you receive Him, you believe in Him, you have the right to become God's children. The only solution that can make God and sinners reconciled is the death and resurrection of Christ. And what you have to first understand, there is nothing else. That could satisfy the wrath of God other than the death of his perfect son. That's what's wrapped up in Christmas. That is what is wrapped up in everything that we call Christmas that we look into this. There is no greater showing of God's love than for him to give the life of his son in exchange for you. There's no greater love than that. Your sins... They are so bad. Nothing less than the death of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, can save you. Nothing less than that. That is what you have to understand first. And then you have to trust that this is exactly what Jesus has done. Nothing less than Jesus, and this is exactly what Jesus has done. He has done it for you. He's done it so that you can escape the judgment of God. If you will only receive him, if you will only believe in him, if you will come to him and you will ask and you will seek and you will knock and you say, I'm I'm getting rid of trusting in myself. I've turned from all these other things that I've trusting. And see, this is exactly what you've got to do if you want God to save you. See, here's the thing. If you're if you're not a Christian or you're not sure, you're not sure this is all you do. You come to him and you ask. This is why a lot of times pastors, they will be up front and, well, hey, you know, might as well, might as well. If you would like to do this, all you have to do, you don't even have to bow your head. You know, when we were taught as kids, bow your head and close your eyes and fold your hands. That is just a tactic of, a tactic of parents to keep your hands together and stop from going like this and hitting your little brother and looking around because, you know, when you pray, you're like, oh, right? No, but we, you don't even have to do that. You just pray and you just say, you know what? I realize, Lord, I, I just kind of look up when I pray, Lord, I am, I am full of sin. I deserve that you would judge me. And you pray and you say, Lord, I'm seeking you. I'm asking you, would you save me? Save me from myself. Save me from all my bad decisions. Save me from the sin that is in me that I can't get rid of. Lord, would you please cleanse me? Would you forgive me? I believe that Jesus Christ was born of the Virgin Mary, that He lived a sinless life, that He died on a cross because of me and people like me. And and I believe that you offer the gift of salvation and I would like to receive it. And what your word says is that if I believe and if I receive you into my life, that I will be called a children. I will be declared as a child of God. And this is what I pray. You could have prayed it with me right now. You could have just done that. 
And maybe maybe one or two of you did. And I sure hope you And if you did, I would love to talk with you. I'd love to take you to the back. I would love to give you a Bible and pray with you and all of this. But listen, you pray. You say, I want to receive you. I want to, I believe in you. I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. Cleanse me. Save me. I want to be your child. That's what you do if you are far from God. But but for some of you. As, Chris, as Christians, the rest of you in here, one of the best things you can do this Christmas is this, is you could just sing this song. Just sing this song. Memorize it if you haven't. Sing it over and over and over again because it's not just a story of Christmas, but what it does is it gives you the understanding of the gospel. The message of the gospel in song form. And if you would like an easy way to tell somebody about Jesus, you do exactly what I did today. You, 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 instead, you, you change it up a little bit. What you do is you say, hey, what's your favorite Christmas, what's your favorite Christmas song? And, and, and then ask them why. So they might say, oh, I love, you know, Mariah Carey. And you just punch him right then. No, no don't do that. Uh, you say, you know, I love this Christmas song. And then you say, why do you like that? And then they'll tell you. And then you say, you know, one of my favorites is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And they may not ask you why, but you said, I want, let me tell you why. And then you just go on and you say, because it's the message of God becoming flesh. It's the story of Jesus. He's born of a virgin. The angels called out to the shepherds and said, listen, pay attention. And Jesus came on a mission of reconciliation. He was born to reconcile us with God. And what you do is you just say, hey, listen to the song. Walk through the song with them if you can. And it tells them about the love of Jesus. That's what I want you to do this Christmas. The greatest gift you could give back to the Lord. That you could give back to Jesus who gave you his life the greatest gift you could give him is just the gift of yourself I give you my all you be my Lord and you give the gift of, of, of to somebody else and you say have you ever thought about this song and you tell them who Jesus Christ is because that could change a life for all eternity just one Christmas carol just perhaps the greatest Christmas carol. Why don't we do that this week? Let's pray and let's give glory to our newborn King. Heavenly Father, thank you for this message. Thank you for what you've given us in in the truth of Jesus Christ born for us. 300 different prophecies or more about Jesus Christ about his birth about his life about his death his burial his resurrection thank you for the gift you have given us Lord I pray that we would be a people that are not so infatuated and thinking about all the trappings of Christmas I pray that we would just talk with other people about Jesus this Christmas that we would sing this song and we wouldn't just sing it with gusto and boldness but we would sing it with thoughts about what it means that it's taking all these truths and packing it in a song for us so that we would understand the good news of Jesus 
I pray you'd help us that we would be able to talk with somebody else, somebody who might be far from God this Christmas, and because of your message, that they would be brought near, that God and sinners would be reconciled. But we love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Ryan, can you play that like right now for us to sing? Can you play it faster? Can you guys all stand? I'll try to sing, okay? Ready? One, two, ready? Heart, heart, the herald angels Christmas Eve day.